Please pray with me. Lord God, thank you for this opportunity you have given us to worship you together. We pray that you would be powerfully present here with us, that you would open and prepare our hearts to receive you and to hear you. We pray that you would place your words in my mouth that I might faithfully proclaim them to your people. And we pray that you would transform us through this time with you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Morning. It's so good to see you on this great Sunday morning. Now, uh, this is only my second Sunday back from sabbatical, but at the end of my sabbatical, after we had come back from Mexico and before I had started up here again, I spent a couple nights out um, camping by myself. Uh, I just needed to get out and be alone for a while and be with God. I just felt this yearning in my heart to go and spend some focused time with him. And it was wonderful time I had with him. I went out past uh, Sierra City, out to a place called Gold Lakes. Anyone ever heard of it? It's just gorgeous up there, high mountain lake. And I had a campsite right on the shore of the lake. And in the morning, the lake was just calm and still and flat with the sun coming up across it. It was just beautiful. Fish rising all around, me not catching any of them. Right? That was, that was not so peaceful, that part of it. But it was a beautiful place. And it was there on the shore of Gold Lake as I was reading from the book of Jeremiah, that God moved powerfully in me. There was this amazing feeling as God moved inside my heart. You'll hear more about it at the end of the sermon. And do you think it was because of the location, purely the location? Like, is it a special place that if I went back to every time, I'd get something new and fresh? No, it's not. Like God doesn't repeat things like that. It's, you know, it doesn't work in relationship, does it? To always go back to the same place with like your spouse. Be like, hey, is it still as great as it was last time? Or we're going to have that exact same experience here together? It doesn't work that way. It's non-repeatable. But that time, at that place, God did something. He directed me out to that place, and he spoke to me powerfully there. Sometimes God directs us to go somewhere so that he can reveal something to us. In our first reading for today, God says to Jeremiah... Come, go down to the potter's house, and there I will let you hear my words. So Jeremiah, he's a smart guy, right? So what does he do? He goes down to the potter's house, that's right. That put him apart from, like, all of Israel at that point, right? Because God was telling them to do stuff, and what were they doing? The not stuff, right? They were doing whatever God said not to do, that's what they wanted to do. But Jeremiah, he listens to God, and he goes to the potter's house. And he walks in the potter's house, and and who does he see? A potter. And what's the potter doing? Potting. Potting, That's right. That's what the first service said, too. Potting. That's right. He's uh, making pottery, right? He's got his clay on the wheel, and he's spinning that sucker, and and what's he making? A pot. pot. Yeah, we don't know really what it is. A vessel, right? And what happens as he's making it? There's drama here at this part. Yeah, like it doesn't work out in his hands. Like it starts to like malform. And so what does the potter do? He goes home, watches football, quits, becomes a stonemason or something. No, he just grabs the clay, clumps it back together again, throws it back on the wheel, and makes something else according to his pleasure, whatever it happens to be. This is a cool visual, right, that Jeremiah has of the potter's skill, 
uh, how he is able to take this lump of clay and make it into something. And even when it doesn't go according to what he wanted at first, he makes something great out of it in the end. But up until this point, Jeremiah is just observing. And if Jeremiah were just observing, uh, out of this story he might get something like, hey, potters are really skilled people. Right? You know, because that's all he's gotten so far. But then God speaks to him. And God says something that explains the significance of why Jeremiah is at that potter's house in the first place. He tells Jeremiah, Can I not do with you, O house of Israel, just as this potter has done? Just like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. In effect, he's saying, see how the potter makes something, then changes that vessel partway through the process? I can do the same thing with you. I am the Lord, I am the potter, you are the clay. clay. And so who's in charge? The potter or the clay? The potter, right? The potter's in charge of the process, guiding and directing it. Now this process of being the clay and being formed into something is not always a pleasant process, is it? Right? Certainly in this analogy it's not. Because according to the Lord's testimony, at one point he might be making something for victory, and then that nation will turn from him, and he will then make it, form it into something for shame and failure. That's a bummer transaction, isn't it? Right? No one likes that one. And God closes by saying that Israel is, in fact, headed for judgment. Because they've forgotten the Lord and turned to their own devices, they are nearing a time when God will judge them. He says, look, I am a potter shaping evil against you and devising a plan against you. Now, I'm gonna, not going to lie to you. This is a major bummer for Israel, right? If you want to tick anybody off, God is not that person, right? I mean, if, he, if he's saying things like, I'm a potter shaping evil against you and devising a plan against you, that is not good news. Right? You want to avoid that message. But even in the midst of this impending judgment, there is hope for Israel. There's hope for that malformed chunk of clay. How could there be hope when Israel has fallen so far from God, we might wonder? Well, it's because God offers them grace. And grace is always undeserved and free. It's always God's unmerited favor towards us. And so he says to them, If that nation concerning which I have spoken, the ones who are going to receive judgment, turns from its evil, I will change my mind about the disaster that I intended to bring on it. He's telling Israel through Jeremiah that there was still time to turn back to God. And he wanted his people to know it. Which is why he gave the message to Jeremiah in the first place. Jeremiah's job was to take the words of God, give them, the give them to God's people. He wanted those people to know, to know that there was still hope. To know that they hadn't come, gone too far from home to return. To know that they could always come back to God. That's how God works. His people wander far afield and he brings them back home. Now this is good news for us, isn't it? I mean, we might not be Israelites, right? And we're probably not living in whatever, the 7th century BC. We are, are we? 
No. But we are like the people of Israel, aren't we? Right? Because we, like them, wander far away from God. We get confused. We get wrapped up in the things of this world. We get all into whatever we're into ourselves. And we forget about God. We forget to worship him and serve him. And we forget that everything in our life comes from him. But he brings us back home. That's why one of the enduring images of Jesus Christ is as the good shepherd. Right? And the good shepherd goes and rescues his lost sheep. And that's what we are so often. Lost sheep of God. And he welcomes us as we turn to him. And he reinstates us back to the place in the relationship we had before. This time in the potter's house was significant for Jeremiah because God showed him something that he could use in his ministry. As I, sh- as I sat on the shore of that still lake two weeks ago, God moved in me, and he overwhelmed me with a sense of gratitude that I get to be a minister of his gospel, that I get to share that message of hope and reconciliation with you, that he's trusted me to be his priest and to preach that news of redemption in Christ with you. I was overwhelmed with that. And it brought me back to my calling as a priest. It brought me back to those days when God was leading me and directing me into this calling uh, before I had even gone to seminary, before any of that, where he was just initially calling me. That time on Gold Lake reminded me what a beautiful thing it is to serve the Lord and to bear his good news and to share it with others. That time by the lake was incredibly significant for me. But it didn't happen because I'm like special or unique or anything like that. Opportunities to hear from God are available to each and every one of us. He is always speaking to us, always reaching out to us, always desirous to have us in communication with him. But often, we don't make the time to hear him. And so we drown them out with all the other things that are going on in our head. So I want to challenge you this week. Find a time or a place to get away. Set it aside. And go and read God's word and pray over a passage that strikes you. Pray that God would speak to you during that time. Pray that he would reveal himself to you in a significant way. Make time for him and just see how he moves in you. But above all, I want you to remember that God's grace is there for you when you repent through the blood of Jesus Christ. He has forgiven us for all our failings, all our shortcomings, all the ways that we deny him. His grace is there. It is new and fresh for us each and every day. And so as we go to spend this time with the Lord, may we go as people filled with a deep sense of gratitude, knowing that he has made the way straight through the blood that he has shed for us, and that he, the good shepherd, is there awaiting us, ready to hear from us and ready to speak to us. And so may we go with joy to meet our Lord. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you. Thank you that you offer us these opportunities to hear from you. Thank you for refreshing me, Lord, uh, during this encounter two weeks ago where you spoke to me, Lord God. I pray that you would Give us the time this week to carve out, to spend with you, 
And Lord, may it not be time that we feel is wasted. May it be a significant time, a turning point in our relationship with you. May we come to a deeper knowledge and love of you. May we be convicted if that's necessary, Lord. And may we turn to you in hope and faith, trusting in you as, as our Lord and Savior. And we pray, Lord, that you would do great and mighty things through us as we hear these words from you. May we share them with others. And may they be blessed and brought to you as well. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.